Here we are at DevOps Days Detroit, and uh, Nate and I were talking this morning, and I realized we should just uh, stop this conversation and record it, mm-hmm. you know, for, for uh, people to listen to. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself? So uh, my name's Nate Foreman. Uh, I'm a software delivery consultant with uh, a company called Pillar Technology. Um, we're, we help our customers find uh, build solutions for their business problems using technology. And you have like one of those alluring optical illusions for a logo, if I remember, right? Like it, it, it shows the outline of the pillar. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it might be two women looking at each other too, if, it, if I stare at it long enough. It's, it's a pretty cool recent change. <laughs> so, so what, uh, like, like what's, what's your history? Like what, how, did, how did you get into, uh, how did you end up there? So, so consulting is something that's uh, kind of new for me. Um, prior to coming to Pillar, I, I worked at Amazon for a little while, uh, building uh, web services. Oh, right, right. For the uh, for the marketplace. Right. What, what is the marketplace? I, I don't know, Amazon parlance for stuff. I guess that's the main thing. So when uh, you buy something from Amazon these days, uh, most likely uh, it, it, it's not coming from Amazon directly. It's, it's, you're, you're purchasing something from a third-party oh, right. retailer. Right, right. Okay. That's that's where you have you can select all the different buyers that you get some, you can get something from, including Amazon. Yes. Okay. So uh, I, I help create web services that help those third-party vendors manage their business and relationship with Amazon. Right. So they could have their, their inventory updated and know that a sale happened and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm sure there's all sorts yeah, of services. That's, that's a big part of it, notification. Right. Right, right. Shit okay. And and then and then I mean how did, how did how did you end up being there? Like you just have you been a developer for a while or like what what uh, how did your path end up working on the Amazon marketplace? So I've been developing software since I was 19. Yeah. Uh, and mostly uh, working for a bunch of small the big the mid-sized companies in the Ann Arbor area. Right. Um, worked at a uh, a small uh, uh, biotech company that created a commercial software product for analyzing DNA for a while. All right, uh, yeah. Spent some t- time working in the defense industry, creating radar systems for stealth aircraft. Yeah, yeah. That's it's. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll let you tell me if if you feel this way. But I I worked at uh, software development companies that were they would work on software for technology, mm-hmm. and then it's also ones that for people who are very non technological, like online banking, and it's. It's interesting to span those two areas because the the customers you have who are more technology focused tend to be uh, a lot different than the ones who are like you know barely know how to use email. I guess you don't have that much anymore, yeah. but <laughs> but I remember back in the online banking days, it, it was it was interesting sitting down with literal bankers, right, and kind of going over software with them, and and, had, and and it was fun to see them get imaginative. And I don't know, I imagine in in in, uh, in biotech and military stuff, you encounter things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so you're basically a software developer. Pretty much, uh, I spend a lot of my time these days um, working, you know, not just in the team space, but also in the, in the in, in large enterprises, sort of engaged at the 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 managerial and the director level. Yeah, um, sort of enlightening them about um, some pra- new practices that might help them uh, deliver. Uh, Achieve their business goals faster by delivering right. software safer and more reliably. Improve the way they do software yeah. to hopefully like uh, make the business run better. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. I mean, that, that that was the other interesting. That's a interesting reason I wanted to to talk with you. Is that's a lot of what I talk about. Like I gave I gave a talk this morning, and it's basically like 
we have a chance to make software better. <laughs> and so, you know, not everyone cares about that, but it's a good, it's a good motivator to, uh, to, to make the craft of software better. And, and I mean, so you were, you were telling me about a project you've been working on that basically it's, uh, it helps you configure a product you might buy from a company. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of options depending on all sorts of things. Yeah. And so you, it's kind of like, uh, my son loves these things. What are they called? They're like they're like these mix and match like transformers or dinosaurs. I think they're called mashups. Okay. And you can buy a bunch of them and you can pull the arms and legs apart and put them on on each other. Mm-hmm. And it's metaphorically like that where you could reassemble this robot to be exactly what you want yeah. or dinosaur or whatever. And um, well, so first of all, I mean, give me for this application. Give, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Give me kind of like the requirements that you guys started off with. Like, what did you need to accomplish? I guess you might call them the. Is it the non-functional requirements? <laughs> but, but like, what are the constraints that you started off with and what were the capabilities you had to deliver? So the, the idea behind this one is that it needed to service uh, a large scale of uh, traffic from uh, multiple regions around the world. Right. Um, so it kind of needed to be, a, it's, it's a high throughput, low latency collection of web services. Um, that need to you know provide responses to people who are having a browser experience or a uh, a mobile application experience. Right, and 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 the web services part is interesting because we were talking about this earlier. And there's, as one would imagine, there's a whole bunch of rules and, and requirements about how you assemble these things together mm-hmm. into the finished product. And so, uh, yeah, I imagine there's a lot of web services <laughs> that your services that you would want to check on. Uh, which which seems to lead to sort of like nowadays sort of a microservices type of architecture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things. That's the place we started. Uh, I guess we were brave or foolish enough to the, to um, a, a, attempt to build a collection of microservices to solve this particular because it seemed problem. like a good idea at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think the the compelling reason there is that we knew that there was some some subset of the collection of capabilities that we were creating that needed to scale in a, in a, in a different fashion than others. Yeah. So um, the, the idea is that there's the, the one a portion of, the, of, the, of this, uh, this application is the brains of the operations. The thing yeah, yeah. is how to take those, those different portions of the, of, the, of the action figures and stick them together in the right combinations. Yeah. So, you know, the, the red action figure with the green army boots goes together but the 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 action figure with the Superman cape can't wear those green army boots. Right. He's got to wear red boots. Or, or, or like you can't have a cape as a boot. Yes. <laughs> and so that's the thing that's doing all the work, and it yeah. needs to scale up in, 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 a, in a different way than just the, the repository that knows about the capes and the boots behind it. That's right. That's because right. we can always cache that information. And, and so, I mean, how many different services does that end up decomposing? Or, or, or even before we get to that point, I mean... Uh, I assume that's part of the the architectural task is like we need to decompose these. We yeah. need to figure out what all the different services are and mm-hmm. what was that experience like? So we, we just kind of grew it organically. We started with one service, which was sort of validate this action figure. If, right. If I give you an action figure, can you tell me if he if, if that if that particular configuration is good? Yeah. And then we just kind of grew it from there. Oh, that's interesting. So you, you chose like. Almost the simplest in-state thing. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind how we assembled it. Mm-hmm. Just tell me if it's a test at yeah. the end. Right, right. Okay. So we, we kind of talk about that as, um, and so our process is to get close to the business, as, as close to the business as possible. Right. Um, so we started out with what we call our, 
uh, minimum viable product. And it's, it's based off of a set of interviews and prioritizations with the business stakeholders to figure out, okay, uh, we, we know where you're starting from and we can get a sense of where you ultimately want to go. What's the first thing that's useful that we could release to production? Right. And we'll, we'll, we'll make that our, our, our first um, target that we aim for. And so is, the, is that kind of, does that conversation work? Like, we're going to do something called minimal. <laughs> like, like are, are, are people nowadays kind of mentally prepared for the idea of starting small? Or do you kind of have to convince them, like, no, no, we're going to do this small thing and eventually it will get big? Or, like, how does that play out? In our particular case, it was a, it was a, it was a tough conversation um, because they've been thinking about this Army Man configurator for a long time. Um, and they... That our particular client, Harry, had conceptualized the system of the future that would fulfill this role and had built up a 140-page document describing it in a very as- aspirational, abstract way. Right, right, right. And one of our first challenges was, okay, trying to pick that apart and dissect it and really figure out how we could take the, the spirit of it and find the, 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 minimum, the, the minimum sort of... Um, the thing to get cap- started with. Yeah, capability yeah. set that um, was was possible to, to, to build and, 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 and fulfill their, their right needs. and and, and I, mean, I mean the the good intention behind like big upfront stuff like that is sort of like if we specify everything we can parallelize it and build it all and it'll all magically work together at the end right and which that sounds great <laughs> but but that, I mean that's that's the the contrast with the MVP or a leaner approach is like just start doing something like obviously I mean tell me if you if you think differently but Obviously, you've got a plan to get to something big, but let's start anchoring ourselves in what work, testing out what works and doesn't work by actually doing something and right. expand out from there. And the benefit of that approach is that you, you start to get into the state where you you can build incrementally, right. um, push out features and capabilities, and get feedback. Um, uh, you know, did this work? Is this what the our our, our our customers that we're integrating with are, are expecting, and is it going to solve their problem? Right. So, so, so then, I, I like we've landed on the uh, the action figure configurator. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes. But so, so you started off with just a validator service, mm-hmm. and, and then you brought up you brought up the next thing is, so what is that feedback loop like? So then, what's the kind of feedback that you get that allows you to determine what to do next? Mm-hmm. So um, this is this is a challenging problem when when you're we're we're a platform within a larger enterprise. So, right. And we have integration points with other enterprise teams that are moving at a slower pace than we are. So some of them just put up their hands and said, no, we're not going to touch your system until you have achieved all of the goals that were lined up in that aspirational document that were bookmarked for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then luckily we found another, another business partner, another team within the, the, the large enterprise that was motivated Right. To, to get on board fast, and uh, we we worked with them to to build towards their needs and their goals initially. So the, you got the action figures, and you go to the vehicle construction people, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We're not going to change our little toy vehicles to fit your new action figures." Mm-hmm. But then there's a brand new group. Maybe they make the boats. Yes. And the boat people are hungry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they they want to work along with you and try something slightly new that fits the action figures. I mean, just metaphorically yeah. speaking. But you find a partner who's willing to. Uh, sort of engage in that new type of process. Yes. Yeah. And and then and then so the boat people, so to speak. <laughs> what what kind of feedback did they start giving you that allow you to pick the next service to do and kind of increment on in in the delivery? 
So uh, it's that's they still had uh, you know a set of capabilities lined up that they were expecting. Um, the, the 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 real challenging part here is building a solution that just doesn't cater to the boat people. But, yeah. But is also generic enough that can cater. It's general. To, yeah. Yeah. Generalizable solution. Yeah. So you don't end up with something that's a bolt-on for the for one particular uh, customer yeah. base. So um, luckily enough, we we we. we Took advantage of the subject matter experts that were that, that knew the domain very well because, as it turns out, um, a configurator for action figures is a pretty complicated thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and we just kind of took this this thin slice approach of continually adding new capabilities. The first one was, hey, is this action figure valid? And then the the, the next set of capabilities is, okay. Give me the skeleton of a action figure if I wanted to start building a new one. Oh, right, right. You and can even design new pieces and yeah. things like that. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So just give me the, the, the blank canvas of an action figure or the, the, the mannequin. Yeah. And then the next step is, okay, give me capabilities that allow me to um, progressively build up this action figure. I can choose uh, the, the color of the tights that he's wearing. Right. I can choose whether or not uh, uh, you know, his boots, his cape. Um is uh, whether or not he's got some superpowers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so on, and, and it uh, along the way it would tell you whether or not those combinations are valid. And along the way, we needed to come up with uh, additional microservices that would take on responsibilities for storing the content, sort of right. CRUD-based interface, CRUD-based interfaces to you know backend DB, yeah, um, and then specialized other services that specialize in sort of the business process layer of um, you know exercising those rules right right okay and, and so I mean I would assume I would assume that operating in this way is predicated on on two things like one of them is first like we can relatively pretty quickly go through an iteration like it might take us I mean you tell me how long it was like two or four weeks to like get a new thing yeah. right so and that allows us, by moving at that speed, it allows us to kind of have this evolution conversation with someone like, oh, well, you would want this thing. And what's the next thing you could imagine? How do you like this? Whereas if you had to specify all that out for like a six or 12 month thing, yeah. like the conversation you have with, as you say, the stakeholders or what are the business people would be different. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be as frequent. And so you couldn't, as they say, ideate. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and then, and then so, 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 so what, what kind of cadence were you guys working on? So the... We work in an agile fashion, uh -huh. um, sort of applying the notions of extreme programming. So we pair programming, um, uh, test-driven development, right. um, creating solid, changeable code, and relying an awful lot on automated testing. And that enables us to, to deliver changes quickly. And uh, we, we, we built around it a continuous delivery pipeline. Um, but even with the ability to, to, to deliver deliver capability quickly, there still has to be this minimum set of things that uh, your, our, our consumers expect before they're willing to, to, to latch on and start integrating. And for us, that took right. about three months to get to that point. Okay, so you had sort of like, we used to, back when I still did stuff, we would call that kind of like the, the sprint zero. Yes. Sort of like the, uh -huh. the, the thing, and it wasn't like that for us. Sprint zero is more like setting up the build environment. Mm -hmm. doing yeah. all, but it's basically like... There's a set of things you have to do that are a little out of band. Right. And we happen to do both of those during <laughs> right, that, right. that preliminary phase. Yeah. And and, and then so so to an eight, and, and then once you got it set up, so what kind of um, what kind of release schedule were you guys working on? So uh, we, we not quite as 
we're not delivering quite as fast as we'd like to, um, just because of the realities of operating in this enter- the enterprise environment that we're in. Sure. Um, right now, we're on a weekly cadence, oh, so we're delivering the software. Yeah. We're, we're delivering releases to production weekly. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so I mean, I mean, I and and tell me if this pans out, but like basically. So you have conversations about like, oh, I'd, I'd like to introduce the idea of a uh, an animal arm on a human, yes. right? Uh-huh. And, and so you, you, they, at most, someone would have to wait a week, basically, to see what that looks like. I mean, maybe it's more complicated. Yeah. It takes more weeks. But then you probably get, you can go show it to the mass and like, so is this what you wanted? Yeah. Did you really want that animal arm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then that might, that might uh, not, not spurn, but spark off other things mm-hmm. that, that they might want to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's like the dream. You finally, you finally have. Uh, I, rem- I remember going back again to the online banking. We had this. He's a real Texas CAO type, and he said, "I've got this magic whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I just write something on oh, it, yeah. and in a few days, there's code." So I, I, <laughs> I, had, I, I, I have envisioned the same sort of thing, and yeah. I call that uh, being done like Da Vinci. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So Da Vinci used to dream of these, these, you know, flying machines and tanks and things like that. And uh, I'm sure there was some sort of prototyping that took place afterwards. But yeah. as soon as the design was in place, it's done. It might as well have been exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, so then talk more about like the the stacks and the tools and the platform you have in place to enable that kind of weekly turn of stuff. Like, what are you guys using for all that? So we, we recognize very quickly that the the one size fits all you know application development pattern in this enterprise wasn't going to uh, fit for the the solving the business problem at hand. So um, luckily, we, we found some champions in there who were willing to support us to try something different, right? Um, sort of to modernize the, the tech stack. So um, the shop had previously been very focused on a, a Java EE pattern um, and you know the, the big, large uh, sure. servlet containers that go along with it. The hopes and dreams of the last decade. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we brought in a, an uplift of technology uh, based around uh, Spring. Yeah, and uh, Spring Boot was a big enabler for us. It enabled us to create uh, web services and these these microservices that could be deployed to um, you know, environments and started up within seconds, rather than the the long dragged out. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes an hour or more to deploy the e apps. <laughs> right, right. To sort of like deploy them and maybe even reboot the server if you need to, or parts of the cluster or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a part. Like I stopped programming right before virtualization, essentially, which is like crazy if you think about it. Yeah. So I had to like manually. It was madness. <laughs> and and I, I remember uh, was J Rebel around back then? Like I remember when uh, what are they? What, I don't even remember what they call it. The word hot was involved, mm-hmm. but you could basically yank something out of the, out of the memory and jam it back in there. Yeah, and that's that was, hot changes. Yeah, that was like magical. Uh-huh. That that was that saved us so much time. But nowadays things are even faster than that. Well, and and the the, the, the big enterprise folks are uh, finding um, proposing solutions that, that can can fit that gap. Like, right. Uh, Liberty Profile is uh, is right, right. WebSphere's uh, answer to sort of J Rebel. Yeah, yeah. To be to being much slimmer essentially. Yeah. yeah. So so then so then the part that we were talking about this morning that sounded especially uh, interesting is so things are going well. You can configure all these action figures. Mm-hmm. Everyone's loving it. Boat people are happy. Car people are coming around. <laughs> yep. They're going to modify the attack jeep or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the tank. And uh, so then you end up with a lot of microservices. Like, what's it like managing all of that? Because this is a topic that 
there's not that many people who are like far along with microservices yeah. and, and are getting like a pivotal, we call them like day two problems. Uh-huh. Right. And so like what happens like several releases in and what's it like orchestrating and managing all those things? So we, we have some challenges in that space. Um, we, we currently treat uh, our collection of services as a monolith. Right. Because we're not quite into the, the cloud-based hosting platform that we were, we, we ultimately know that we're going into. So at the moment, we, we, we build them as microservices in our pipeline, and then we deploy them. If one of them changes, we deploy them all. Right. Um, and that's to mimic the, the hosting infrastructure that we're the, – our production environment today is, uh, happens to still be um, yeah, you know, IBM WebSphere. So we, we have to take all of these command line runnable jars and package them up in sort of this one deployable ear to push out the – Right, 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 right. So um, – it's, it's sort of like a party in the front and business in the back, right? <laughs> like it's all like new microservices up front and uh-huh. everything, but older stuff in the back. Yeah, it's well, the mullet microservices yeah, architecture. Exactly. Uh, yeah, or Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what's the guy Kenny from uh, the the baseball? What's that HBO show? Where uh, oh, Kenny Powers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 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 you end up having to deploy in a traditional J2E application, but you get you get that party in the front, as it were. Like yeah. you get to, and, and does how how's that panning out? So um, it's it's okay. Uh, we really are itching to get into um, a platform as a service environment that's right. that's, that's on its way. So um, we're getting ready for the big dance. Yeah, yeah, and 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 if if, if you were to like list off. So here's the management issues you have with with a microservices approach. Like, what would be some of the the top things you need to worry about managing? Like that you concern yourself with, or that when you're working on the magic whiteboard, you're like, here's the things we always need to worry about. Like, so one of one of the, my 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 chief worry beats right now is sort of uh, orchestrating together um, a pipelines for each independent microservice. Right now, right. that's we've got one like one pipeline that kind of supervises them all. Uh, and what do you mean by pipeline in this context? So uh, we've got uh, you know the traditional CI. You, you check in. It's going to build. It's going to run your unit tests, and then it's going to create uh, a deployable artifact that goes into our, our artifact repository. Right. And then from there, it's, its first stop is it goes into a, a, a lower team environment that we call Alpha. It's where we run our automated acceptance tests. Okay. Um, so that's. Doing end-to-end uh, testing on our, our 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 collection of services within our platform, making sure they're all behaving properly. Right. And if if those tests pass, we promote it automatically to another environment that we call beta, and that's where we do the type of testing. Highly that, technical terms, you yes, guys picked. Yes. <laughs> and that's where we do the testing that humans are good at. So that's the exploratory testing, and right. sort of the business validation, where we bring the stakeholders back in and we say, okay, is this what you were looking for? Right. Okay. And and you were saying you have separate pipelines for each service. So right now we just have a single pipeline. Okay. Okay. The opposite. Be- because the the next step up there is beyond those those you know, those lower environments are are, are environments in which we, right. we run on the legacy. So you don't have the full reverse Conway's maneuver in effect right. essentially, right? You st- it's still like it's 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 like a it's like a 
a ball of tentacles, uh -huh. not not individual tentacles on their own. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And so, uh, the, going looking towards the future, we're trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the right technology and how should we employ it to have multiple uh, pipelines in place for yeah. all of our collection of microservices. So, so how I mean, how do you and and y'all like how are you thinking through doing that? Like, you know, you're. You're a programmer of the world. Yeah. You, you've heard and seen how people manage that. Like, what are your thoughts on how you would you would separate the tentacles? So we've been talking to people about tooling. Uh, one of the, one of the solutions we looked at was Go CD from ThoughtWorks. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, the 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 current line of thought around that is it's kind of complicated to set up and use and maintain. Um, we've got. Uh, our eye on another tool that uh, Pivotal has been been working on called Concourse. Right, right, right. Um, one of the reasons why we're attracted to that is because it, it can run on, on Cloud Foundry, the platform as a service, which happens to be our, our target environment. Uh huh. Um, and then there's a, there's a, there's a lot of there's also a lot of um, you know, knowledge that we have about uh, Jenkins, and you know that's that's the the thing that's currently orchestrating our pipeline today. Right, you know, right, We're right. questioning. Whether or not we could do it all, to, continue to do it all in Jenkins. Right. So, you, you, I mean, you basically want a multi-pipeline CD system yeah. <laughs> that 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 is is instead of setting up independent independent continuous integration and continuous delivery, delivery pipelines, that it's one big system, yeah. but allows you to have pretty separate pipelines running through them. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I had to imagine the. The integration testing of a bunch of microservices is there. There are some certain, to use a loaded word, choke points you do want to go through to make sure, like, so does this all work together? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we, we, we've kind of taken to, to address that issue. We've adopted an architecture where we have a bounded context. Right. Right. Uh, where the, the from the outside world, they don't know where a collection of microservices. Yeah. They 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 take advantage of the action figure configurator through one. One public API, and then from there, it, it, it the the requests fan out to our, our, our backplane that kind of fulfills it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And and so so when 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 you just just wrapping up a little bit, when you look at the scope of this project, like how long do you think it'll be before it's kind of like done-ish? We uh, so we started down this journey um, about ten months ago. And right. uh, we, we anticipate getting into our, our, our real cloud environment at early next year. And then... In time for Christmas next year for the action figure market. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, or, or at least you can use your, uh, your gift cards. To, exactly. In January to buy those action figures. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so from there, I, I, the, we anticipate wrapping this thing up within a year. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good. I mean, from from basically nothing. Yeah. That, that that's not too bad. And, and then, and then, do you think like, um, I mean, in theory, with like the learnings and and the platformy components you built, like if you were to do a similar project, uh -huh. like hopefully you wouldn't have to reinvent the wheels all over again. Yeah. But like, how do you think? How do you think it would shave down that year long that year time? Like, like is it always going to be a year just because it takes that long, or, or can you shave away some of that because you don't have to start from nothing? So there's a couple of lessons that we took away. Um, the first was uh, around the interactions between our microservices. One of the, one of the sort of uh, traps we fell into was this notion of two microservices are going to talk to each other. Yeah, we would create this common sort of library that contained the the transport objects that, that flow mm. in between the the, the REST API. 
and we would create a, a client library that would enable anybody who wants to use that thing to just go ahead and and um, you know, have the convenience of a, a prepackaged library for making those calls. Got it. Right, right. So you had client libraries for all the different services, yes. essentially. And then I assume there's like data translation stuff in there, too, for the data models, right? right, right. Exactly. Okay. And so that's super convenient, but it also creates a lot of churn in that if you change, if you make one change to the API that might be for one particular consumer of it, yeah. everybody changes and needs to be redeployed. It's like, it's like if, if, if we made a change in the English language and you had to go change all the books. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. Right, right, right. Yeah, that would, would, would not be easy. So uh, we, we took some advice from some folks from Pivotal uh, on, a, on an alternative approach to ditch the client libraries and just duplicate the transport objects. Okay, so basically the client is responsible for the transport objects basically in the interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always thought that was like one of the major differences between like, I don't know what to call it, restful thinking versus SOAP-based web services yeah. thinking where the SOAP people were... Here's Very XSD. obsessed with what you just described. They're like, we're going to have all the libraries, all the data. Like, the stuff in the middle of the services is really well specified. And yeah. and I feel like in the RESTful world, it's not that they don't specify that. It's that they, they're very blasé about it. They're just like, here's what it looks like. Uh, good luck to you, right? Like, and and more. And t- I mean, tell me if this comes up in this project. But that's what I would notice back during the heyday or the beginnings of REST is their theory was like, this is so simple we can document it in like one page I'm putting that in air quotes mm-hmm. that you can write whatever client library you want and therefore we don't need to maintain things yeah so um, it, we're definitely not operating with that assumption um, so we're, we're in, in order to, to make this work um, uh, we, we don't want to have versioning so we're, yeah. we're adopting this notion of everything has to be backwards compatible and as soon as it's not backwards compatible it's a new API yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, I think I think that's almost like big boy microservices, yeah. big boy and girl microservices in the sense of like, yeah, once you release it, you have to support it. Yes. So another key enabler. <laughs> you can't just go out of business or, or whatever. Another key enabler for us is we have self-documenting microservices. So mm. uh, each one of each one of our services has an API endpoint that produces uh, a, a nicely formatted HTML page that gives you some uh, sample example uh, requests with their uh, okay with their inputs and their ex- expected results. Right, right. So it's it's not like hunting down like some documentation for some Ruby gem somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't really exist, right? And, and what the, that's very helpful for the enterprise organization who's used to operating in this this fashion with SOAP, where you pass around an XSD. That yeah. describes how it's supposed to work. Instead, what we tell our, our clients, we're trying to get on board so they can follow the same path as the boat people, is uh, check out the API. The doc's going to tell you what it's supposed to do. And, and do you use something to generate those, or what? Uh, or you come up with something on your own? What What do you use for that? So we're, we don't have. We're not using something like Swagger, right? Or, or Apiary. Uh, instead, our API is also our automated acceptance test cases. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the team builds them as they're building the feature, maintains the API as, as they're building in the features of the app. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. There's like, there's, there's a, an intended side effect of like, uh, you're testing your docs, yeah. kind of, sort of, uh-huh. <laughs> right? But, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. And so it also, it also raises another problem of, okay, how much should we expose to the outside world for education purposes versus the, the whole rest of the stuff about air conditions and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, that's so interesting. We kind of segregate them a bit. So, so then the last thing I wanted to ask you about, and are there other like, uh, 
exciting times with microservices things that you you've come across you want to go over or uh i think those are those are the high points okay yeah no, that, that was that was good stuff i mean it's always good to talk about like like i said there's always a lot of like here's microservices in theory there's not a whole lot of in practice <laughs> talk so that's that's always interesting so when you're going over uh our whole action figure thing earlier it sounded like there's a huge amount of what in the in the software vendor space I would call product management going on, right? Like thinking about the services as a product and what people want, and like, 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 is that a fair? Like, do you think there's a lot of basic? Pro- are there people called product managers, or how? Where does that role manifest itself? So, um, what we've observed is that the, you know, there's a there's a lot of different stakeholders within an enterprise organization. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Having a, a product owner who's who's bought into you know t- taking on the risk of trying something new is, is a key enabler for this. Um, right. So it's definitely like a product owner, like the person who's responsible for their product. And do they end up doing like product management or like? And by what I mean by product management, I mean is is a couple of things mm-hmm. outside of a vendor context. I mean in a vendor context, I always think a product manager ultimately is responsible for let's make sure people give us money for this software not uh-huh. not for like sales and execution but like let's make sure this software is in such a state that someone would actually want it uh-huh. <laughs> right yeah. and then and then which isn't necessarily well i don't know tell me if i'm wrong not necessarily the case in an enterprise i mean it's more this software actually has to do something that's important yes <laughs> and 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 it seems like the major tool that a product manager again for software has for that is and this is a very pivotal biased way of putting it, but they're in charge of prioritizing the backlog, yeah. basically. They basically say, I don't care how you developers do it, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I would really like it yeah. if these these features came out in this order over time. Uh-huh. And and like I mean, again, that's just my take of what a product manager does, but I'm mm-hmm. curious like how that role kind of exposes itself and what in, in the action figure shop. Yeah, it's it's um it's a complicated dynamic, um, sort of. You trying to figure figure out as you go along if you're you're building in this sort of incremental fashion of what to do next. Yeah. And so, um, we we try to get close to the business so that the team that's doing the building is also understanding the same priorities as the product owner. Um, right. And so we want to understand, you know, not, not just the what and the when, but also the why. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it sounds like there's pro- at this point in time. And this is probably like this at most enterprises. Someone like yourself, the the, the agile ninjas or whatever, mm-hmm. they have to do a little bit of, uh, I don't know, mechanical turking <laughs> of the product yeah. manager, yeah. right? Like because because there's the capability for the product owner for the business side to do it, but mm-hmm. they don't probably don't quite know the craft of software and product management. Right. So you, part of the job is kind of like educating them and bringing them along right. and, and, and there's, training there's them. There's tension there as well. So yeah. If, um, you know, they're not turf wars. It's just that um, you know, we're the high price consultants, and if, if yeah. they had their way, that we would have our heads down building all the time. There's, yeah, yeah, there's stuff, right? In order to successfully build and operate, we need to be part of the solutioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, great. Well, that was, that was a really good. Uh, that was fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else that uh, you think we've missed that, that you want to get in there? I, I think we covered it. So, what's uh, where can people find you if they uh, want to uh, bug you or? give you praise or whatever you, happens you know what i'm i'm not so much on the the social medias um but uh, you can find me on linkedin okay well that's great well thanks again yeah. it was good talking and uh we'll see everyone next time